Welcome back to another episode of From the Point by your favorite point. Brought to you by Sprite, the clear favorite. I'm also here again, my brother Winston. You're too Not far, well. bro. I ain't gonna lie. A little hard for a little far for a handshake, but uh I'm a little banged up man, right now, man. How you doing, man? Another week, another episode, another yeah. month, another episode. We back here with Bleacher Report. How you feel? Yes. It's, uh, it's a great, great day to be back. Great. Got some stuff to talk about. It's cool. Been been a great month, though. Man, a lot of mix in the sports world. I was watching the NFL playoffs, man. Shout out to CJ Stroud and Jordan Love, man. Balling. 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 That ain't the word. It's like hooping, like overdoing it. Man. Hooping. Both are going crazy. Hooping. Who you got? Who you got in the Super Bowl? Ah, Super Bowl? A lot of football left. I don't want to doubt Lamar. This may be the year that he just erases all the doubt of everybody, and I'm pulling for him. So I want Lamar to win one. So I think I'm going to go with them on that side. Uh, Man, I don't know. I don't know, man. Who you got? I got Baltimore winning it all. I, I think I think Baltimore just because they're playing really, really good football right now. I think, like you said, Lamar's been playing excellent. I think their receiving core. I'm so happy to see Odell ball in. Odell hooping. He's who he's hooping. And then on the opposite side, I mean, listen, Detroit's out here balling right now. But the 49 is going. That's that's the only other yeah. team I think can can win it all. Cause they yeah, got, their defense is crazy. That, their defense is crazy. They got Christian McCaffrey. They have. Um, George Kittle Debo, from Oklahoma. George Kittle from Norman, Oklahoma. Shout out Norman. Shout out Norman. Norman High. Uh, I mean, you got Brock Purdy. Uh, you got you got some got some killers on offense too. Yeah, NFL isn't the only the only uh, sports you know that we've had going on. MLK was a really big day for hoops, man. Talk about the importance that it was playing on MLK. And uh, I mean, it's, it was an honor honor to uh, play on MLK Day. Uh, it always is, especially here in Atlanta. I mean, just knowing the history. I mean, that he brought not only to the, I mean, the African American uh, people. I mean, just the city of Atlanta, like, I mean, he has family. He has family that still lives here. So to be able to put on that jersey and play on this day uh, in in this city, is, it means something to me. So it's it's always an honor to be able to represent him on on a on a special day for sure. Absolutely. It's, it's great to honor his memory, honor his family's legacy. Glad you guys were able to get the win on MLK Day. Listen, I don't know of many people that scored their, scored their 10,000th point and then pull up and record a podcast directly <laughs> after. So, man, congratulations Appreciate on it. your 10,000 point. Um, seriously, though, you became the fastest player in NBA history to reach 10,000 points, 3.5 thousand assists, and 1,000 three-pointers made. You did it in 390 games, bro. Mm. That's, that's pretty fast. No, nah, that's pretty to, cool. Getting into those stats, man. You going to be able to keep this up your whole career? I mean, that's the plan. I don't, I don't doubt it. I mean, obviously, age is going uh make it tougher as I get older but uh right now I feel good I mean obviously I'm not old so I'm just continuing to play the way I've always been playing so it's definitely a blessing to be able to reach 10,000 points and all these assists but I mean I obviously couldn't do it without my teammates like I mean getting me the ball having space on the floor for me to create for myself like uh so it's not anytime you get an achievement or award individually it's never especially in a sport that we play in an individual award. So uh, my teammates helped me a lot throughout these years and uh, to help me get where I am right now. Yeah, I'm on pace for that too. Did you know that? 
Oh, you are? That same stat line, except uh, mine is in my men's league, and I think I'm on pace to be the youngest in my men's league by about 40 years. <laughs> Hey, to get there. So if I if I hit if I hit that mark by about age fifty seven and a half, <laughs> I'll, I'll be good. Yeah. I'll be good money. I think you'll be on the right path. <laughs> With the ten thousandth point, actually, you officially qualify for the NBA's all time points per game leaderboard in their in their career. So basically, um, taking everybody's career averages and and who who has the highest uh, of that career average, you actually are thirteenth on that list. Some of the greats on that list include. Will Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. man, what what does it feel like to be on that list with some of those greats? Man, it's an it's a I mean unreal feeling. It's an I mean an honor to be mentioned with those type of guys. It's it's crazy. Those are guys that I've looked up to, and uh, I mean even guys that I didn't necessarily get to watch play. I know who they were, and I know the impact that they had on the game before I was even thought of. So uh, I definitely appreciate being on those types of lists because I know, I mean, it's only greats ahead of me and even around me. So uh, you can only appreciate being on those types of lists and appreciate the teammates and the people that helped you be on that type of list too. So uh, I know I couldn't do it by myself. All the dominoes fell yesterday, it seems like, in terms of playing on such an important day in history with honoring MLK's legacy, you hitting yeah. such an amazing um, career stat line for you. You actually gave your jersey to a fan yesterday, um, <laughs> and I didn't get to see the sign by any chance. But I remember we were we were talking last night and talking about he just he held up this sign that I just I couldn't couldn't resist. Man, I had to give him my jersey. Yeah, it was such a dope video. No, yeah, it was cool. I uh, <laughs> a lot of people hit me. Uh, even my dad uh, hit me, asked me if I, I kept the jersey after the game. And uh, thankfully, my equipment manager at halftime grabbed the jersey because I guess. I mean, I scored, I needed like one point in the second half or something. I had no idea before the game I was close to this and, and all that. But uh, so the equipment manager took my jersey at, at halftime and, and just kept it because he knew I was going to want to keep my jersey and probably give give one away after the game. So uh, he kept that jersey. And I think I needed one point in the second half and did it. And after the game, I gave away that. But I definitely kept the the jersey that I had in the first half. So, uh, yeah, no, but that I saw a sign and it was, it was really cool. It was like they had just came from somewhere or it was a, a birthday celebration. So oh, I, man. I wanted to give them, give them something. Definitely made, definitely made that kid's night for sure. You played against the Spurs last night, Victor Wimanyama, ton of hype around him. What was it like? I know this is your second time playing him this year, but just to be able to share the court with him, get to get to see some of his game and, and what that's been about. How would you say, as a, as a peer, you're most excited for him to continue to grow his game, and and what's it like sharing the floor with him? I mean, he's he's going to be a, a beast in this league. I mean, as long as he can play, he his presence on the floor alone is is impactful. And I mean, just on defense, offense, he can create for other people. He just disrupts people on on defense, so he can do pretty much everything. And it's everything that everybody's been saying about him and. Uh, you can tell he's humble. He 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 competes. He wants to work hard. So uh, he has all the intangibles to be. I mean, the best player ever. It's just. I mean, the accolades and team accolades as his career goes on is what's going to determine that. So uh, he definitely has the tools, though. You guys have both trained with Tim Martin, uh, a trainer who, unfortunately, I'm not cold enough to train with. Um, yeah. Tim, you know, if you're watching this, man, definitely hit me up for some training sessions. I still need it to dominate my men's league. But 
Um, have you ever trained with Wimby before? I actually don't know this. Nah, uh, I you haven't. Just, nah, I have. There been any instances where Tim is like, dude, like before he got drafted, I'll say like, because I know you and Tim are super close. That Tim was like, because obviously yeah. Victor works out with him. Like, oh man, like be on the lookout because this dude is he's for real. Yeah, no, I I had uh, I've been working with Tim since I was in high school. Um, I mean, we work out once or twice a year. I go down to Dallas. I go down on Christmas. I trained with him and some other guys. I've trained with them in the summertime. I go down there and I just spend a weekend or, or two in Dallas and uh, just train with them, just spend some time with them. And he would always tell me how he was going back and forth to France to work with this young kid who's going to be the next prodigy, this next up and coming thing. And uh, he was always telling me about him. And as Victor was obviously getting older, the the world started knowing more and more about him. And uh, I just had, I mean, I had heard about him. I didn't know what he was going to be. And seeing him now, I can tell the reason. I mean, I know Tim is probably not the only person. I, I bet Tim would tell you himself that he's not the only person that put Victor in these situations or gave Victor all these tools. But he's definitely one of these guys. And so just seeing Victor play for the first time just as a high school kid and then now or uh, I mean being overseas and then now coming over here you can tell that some of the things that Tim puts in his workouts and his training sessions that Victor has in his game and I mean Tim is a guard so just having guard-like skills and mindset when you're seven four seven five like it's hard to stop so uh but no Tim Tim had told me about him um a long time ago before uh I mean, a lot of people over here really knew about him because he was going over there training them. Mm -hmm. I know Tim's, some of his workouts are notorious for having these crazy intensive drills. There was a there was a clip, obviously we were still going to school at the time. I didn't even know you did this, but it surfaced probably like six months ago of where he would take the rock and he would throw it from under the goal and you'd have to go run, get it, catch and shoot. Yeah. Run, get it, catch and shoot. And it was going on for like 90 seconds. I think you made like 20 something in a row. Um, I also heard that Tim actually teaches and has taught folks how to like properly nutmeg people and mm -hmm. um you obviously have some notorious nutmegs now it looks like we got seven four dudes in the league nutmegging dudes yeah. i mean like is this like does he really teach people like how to how to nutmeg I don't, and i don't know about the nutmegging part he may be teaching other people now he ain't teach me how to do that uh but he, he definitely you can teach people how to do that i wouldn't be surprised if he does i mean he teaches he teaches a lot of in work in his workouts about conditioning and doing keeping your feet moving with with the ball moving at the same time like never um never letting a defender like guess your next move and things like that so uh nice nah, he's definitely one of the best trainers out here for sure so who who taught you you just practice on like you know some dummies to yeah you know, just, just practicing i mean messing around and then getting playing in oklahoma you can you can practice sometimes okay you can practice sometimes in games there was a, I think you commented on, yeah, I think it was a Bleacher Report post, but there was that clip where Victor actually like jumped up in the air, like one of his teammates be somebody off the dribble and like had a lob opportunity for him. And I think you commented like, man, this is an easy lob. <laughs> um, but talk about what it would be like to play with somebody. It could be him or it could be somebody else in the league. Cause you've played with a, a couple guys before where they have incredible athleticism and all that, just reading lobs just in general. I think it would I think it would be great for you to talk about 
what that's like to read a lob actually because people don't understand like how difficult that is to yeah. throw lobs just in general you're obviously one of the most proficient in the league so yeah like how would you read plays where you would have to throw a lob and, and um I, I think what i mean the the part about throwing a lob is is really just having confidence in your big too and knowing that um he's gonna go jump and get it like I feel like I, I give my big so much confidence as far as like if they set a screen, they get behind their man. Cause I'm, I feel like if I get into the paint, his man's going to worry about me. So if they don't worry about me, I'm going to be shooting floaters to death and uh, just getting good shots in the paint. And so eventually they're always going to get good looks because a team is not just going to let, um, let me do that all game. So they're eventually going to step up. And so, uh, I really just tell our bigs just, just keep rolling, keep rolling, keep setting screens. And every big I really played with from Dwayne Dedman, Alex Lynn, I mean, John, CC, like, I mean, Big O, like, they've all, they all know how to set screens and they all bring different attributes to the game. So it's, it's just about knowing my big strengths. And uh, thankfully, I've been playing with bigs who can, who can who can jump a little bit mm -hmm. and uh, go catch my lobs and so it's more about just feeding them and just knowing when and when and, and how to give it to them for sure absolutely pivot here but uh we're about a month away from all-star can't believe the season's already going by this fast um we're expected to have the third and final fan returns come out this week let's actually take a look um for these the second returns um where those are at Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's the West. It's the West. You got it. Do you agree with those so far? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be... I mean, it's LeBron, Jokic, KD, like, it's... Lucas, it's... it's you can't really argue with this it's list. It's about the fans. It's yeah. like, what do the fans want to see? It's an all-star game. So, like, no matter how bad the Warriors are doing right now... <laughs> You want to see Steph Curry play. I want to see the so. best people play. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I agree with it. Shea could be up there higher than Steph. Okay, here's the East. Yeah, I agree with it too. I think you said it best, honestly. The All-Star game is about seeing the best players play with each other on the court. I think, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how you could disagree with this. I think the All-Star thing, like the All-Star... It's about it's about the fans. Like I mean, it's not about anybody else. It's about the fans, and so I I, I see why they give the fans their own vote, and really a big big part of the reason why guys are starters. So no, nah, it's it's a it's a fan it's a fan award. It's a fan vote it's for the fans. Like you don't go to the players go to All Star for the fans. Like mm -hmm. we don't we don't go there for us for real. We go there for the fans, for our families, and for the environment to to bring everybody with us, to have fun for the weekend, celebrate, I mean, the the work we put in in the first half of the season and understanding the second half is just right around the corner. So it's just, uh, yeah, I think it's just for the fans. So I, I think the, the returns are where they should be. Yeah. 1.4, 1. 1. That, that's a lot of, that's a lot of people voting for, for Trey Young second nah, time around. It's a bless. It's a blessing for sure. I I feel like a lot of my fans know if I, if I don't, get voted in it's gonna to be tough for me to to get in maybe 
this year is different, but in the past and previous years, uh, if I didn't get in as a as a as a starter, I haven't really ever got in as a as a reserve. So maybe that's why they're voting for me. What does a third selection mean to you in terms of your legacy? In terms of, I think you said it best too, though. It's like you really go up there to put on a show, as do all those guys, and how. But what I mean, what does a third selection mean to you, though? Uh, I mean, it mean a lot to me. It mean the work I put in is is being paid off and. Um, obviously I know I still have more work to do because what I want to do is win a championship. It's not to be an all-star and, um, to be nothing like that. But I mean, being an all-star, you can't take that for granted. And I mean, not everybody is, is blessed with the opportunity to be all-stars. Even really good players have never had the chance to be an all-star. So I can never just sit up here and take that for granted. But at the same time, I, I have bigger goals and bigger dreams that I want to uh, achieve and after being snubbed a couple times, I feel like the All Star Game is is a different outlook in my eyes than maybe to somebody else. So uh, that's how I look at it. And for me, I would rather now I'd rather see my boy Bogey be in the three point contest, and uh, that would make my All Star Weekend really cool. That's awesome. I want to play a little little game with you. Um, since we're talking about All Star Weekend, uh, I want you to take these three challenges and build what you think would be the best Saturday night. Basically, what I want you to do is name a, name a player or a group of players that you would like to see participate in these three things. Okay. First is the skills challenge. So it's just right now or all time? Or? I think I think all time. Okay. All, all time. Okay, we're going to do all time. Uh, we're going to do all time skills. First person that comes to mind is D-Wade. D-Wade always had, I think he won a couple. If I don't, if I haven't forgot, uh, Steve Nash, I'm gonna put him in there. Them two, and then I'm gonna go two more. Uh, dang, that's this is a tough one. Skills competition. Um, I'm gonna put me in the skills all okay. time. Uh, I feel like I got cheated. Jason hit that half court shot at me. <laughs> I, I should have had me a skills championship. Um, but us three, and then I'll put in Chris Paul. That's a good list. I think I'm going, I think I'm going Magic Johnson, Steve Nash, Chris Paul, and I think I'm gonna throw Oscar, Oscar in there too. Okay. Oscar Robertson. Okay. That's probably that's probably my fourth. Just so you can see him. Because you ain't never yeah, really get to I, see yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Well, I really okay. I really I'm we were too young to watch Magic other than the highlights too. So Thanks. I think I think that would that be would dope. Be fire. Yeah. Uh three point contest. Three point. Gotta put Steph. Gotta put Steph is in there. I'm going to put Ray Allen in there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put um, Reggie Miller, Sniper in there. I'm going to put, for the last one, dang, this is so tough. I'm going to put, I'm going to go Chris Mullen. Great list. Lefty. I, was, lefty I agree with you. Our, my personal preference would be the first three, so Steph, Reggie and Ray Allen. Um, I'm also throwing in Peja Skoyakovich. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. That's shout out Peja, man. I'm a huge Peja. I'm a huge Peja okay. fan. Uh, last is dunk contest. Dunk contest. Okay. I feel like this is going to be a little bit more easier. Um, I'm going to put the uh, put Vince Carter one. I'm going to go put Zach Levine one B facts. That dude got bounced. Uh, man, 
I'm gonna give Aaron Gordon some love because he, even though he ain't got love for winning one, he could have won one. Him and Derrick Jones, that was a, a battle. And then I'm gonna go a human highlight with Dominique. Great list. Yeah, I think I'm going. Personally, I I think I'm going Gerald Green. Gerald Green had bounce. Crazy. I I think you gotta go Vince Carter. I know Vince Carter. Uh. I would just an inner fanning, but I would love to see LeBron in a in a dunk contest. Yeah, but he no, he ain't. I'm tired of seeing that. <laughs> tired. Of I, I he yeah, just We've my my personal bit. Yeah, we know he would win one. LeBron, and then I think my fourth guy in the dunk contest probably gonna go Kobe. I'm I'm going Kobe, Froby too. Like I think, man, that would be, yeah, yeah. Those are my four. You may have won. Are we going to see you in a dunk contest? Come on, man. Nice question. <laughs> <laughs> so, on a, on a little bit more focus on the season, um, you guys are currently 11th in the East. You guys are looking to make a big jump before All-Star and then obviously post-All-Star. But you guys have been in this situation before. Um, in 2021, you were 16 and 20 before the All-Star break um, and then finished the season 25 and 11. What was that moment in 2021 that you look back on there like, okay, I very clearly see a switch in our team and our locker room. And what are you looking forward to to implementing that again, to seeing that switch, to making that improvement post-All-Star and eventually making a run for the playoffs? Well, first, I, I don't even – it's hard to really compare years like because every team, every year is, is something different. Every year brings something new and something – a different challenge and so that year was a different challenge that was brought to us and something happened we made a change and then it was it was out of there we were able to go on a run and turn the season around I mean for me I don't necessarily know I mean what the the challenge is and point a finger on the challenge what it is for us right now but for me I just hope that like whatever it is we can fix it and and go about it the right way and then as the season goes on it all turns like like it did for us a couple of years ago but it's hard to say that we do what we did back then now and expect the same result because this is a totally different team a totally different situation that brings new challenges mm -hmm. so you can't really do that and so for me I, I don't want to look at it like that I just hope whatever challenge that we have right now that we're going through that we can find out what it is and and figure it out and then we'll make it we'll make it work and make the turnaround and with those challenges i think not i think it's very clear that there's a lot of outside noise that goes on you have beat writers constantly on the hawks case you have twitter and social media so the 24-hour news cycle as mm -hmm. a professional but also a leader of a team how important is it for you to be able to block out the noise and also make sure you're helping your entire group and yourself play at a high level, perform, and eventually win games? I mean, it's important that you block out the noise, but uh, it's, I mean, you're going to hear it. It's not like we don't hear it. It's not like we all aren't aware of what's being said about each of us outside the locker room. But that's where I feel like we got to be better as far as just for each other. And I think we, we have in certain moments uh, throughout games, but just not even worrying about that worry about like our what we have going on right now and because um, we can only control what we can control and 
in the NBA, we can only control so much. And for us as players, like, I think it's hard being in those situations. It's hard hearing your name being talked about going somewhere else. And uh, you could be moved here whenever. You could be in the middle of a game and be traded. I've been a part of teams where that's happened, and it it's not easy. I mean, for us as a team, we just have to figure it out. And as this is, process is going, I think what we've been doing is being just pros about it and, and guys have been pros about the situation and just um, focus on what we can control. And that's just trying to win games for for each other and playing good. Because in the, the day, you're always playing for, I mean, you're always being watched. Um, and so if you continue to win, that's going to that's gonna matter um, before you leave. So I think it's just about making sure you're a pro throughout the whole situation. With losses, there, there's fan frustration that comes with a struggling team sometimes. Steph and Clay actually had two little bit differing opinions on this. Um, Steph said that I'm booing myself. It's our job to give them something to cheer about, and we haven't done that yet. Clay took a little bit more of a different mm -hmm. approach and was like, listen, I don't really care. You're supposed to lose sleep over it or or what? <laughs> um What's your what's your reaction to this? And I know that you have your fair share of experience with hearing crowds boo. Yeah. Not saying at home, but just in yeah. general. I um, think I know where you're going to go with this, but. Oh, I mean, don't ever assume because that's when you make an ass out of you <laughs> and me. Uh, <laughs> but nah, uh, I think for me, I mean, I know like I, I would rather, because to be honest, I feel like we haven't, I've never been booed in Atlanta until like the last couple of games. And to be honest with you, like I feel like I'm on more of the Steph approach as far as like they should be booing us. Like, but I feel like that only comes with expectations. Like, I mean, they well they talking about in Detroit, they'll boo and they'll talk about Southern team because they lose 20 something games straight. But they weren't talking about with that whenever they lost 10, 11 games because they didn't really have expectations. So the expectations weren't there. And so team, the fans don't necessarily care as much and so when a, a fan base boo that just shows how much they really care and how much I mean they're they're mad that the expectations aren't being met and so I don't necessarily mind it I think it's there's appropriate boos and then there's not and I think in certain cases where like us this year like us not meeting certain expectations like we're like we should be there can be moments where you can be booed and so I think in the same same breath with them, they've been champions, so uh, they their expectations are high, and so um, and their fans are of them as well. So I think it's expected whenever uh, the expectations. Well are said. High. So you're saying, in response to that, that there are a culmination of things, but really what sets it over the top is expectations. Is that you're expected to meet certain expectations and you don't that's when they're warranted. Yeah, for sure. Got it. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I've got a new little segment. A uh, shout out to our producers that they helped, they helped us craft this up, but we're calling this new segment Trey's Bag. <laughs> We've got some questions from the from X and the Bleacher Report app uh, that would, would love, love your response on. So first one I have is, do you like making a big three at home or away more? Ooh. Big three at home or away. I don't know. It's something about uh, something about both of them. It's something about both. I don't know. I love I love making a big three at home so we can all celebrate all in the arena. Home. Home. Home's my pick. Yeah. What's your favorite game winner of your career? 
The favorite game winner of my career. Favorite game winner was probably, dang, I can't. I'm probably just going to say the the latest one in TD Garden and Celtics just because yeah. it was against the best team I played against in the playoffs. And they just, in that arena, is crazy. So it was a, a good one. That would be mine or the one where you kind of like caught it on the on the on the line catch. catch and made it when Milwaukee was at home. Mm-hmm. That one was great. That was crazy. Atlanta went crazy whenever oh, yeah. you made whenever you made that shot. Um, the other the the last question that I have is Jalen looks like he is a budding star in the league. He's really cementing himself on the Hawks team. How have you personally helped him mature in his game? I mean, I think I'm a small piece of his his maturity and his game. I think a lot of it is just him being able to be on the court now and have the opportunity to fail and and succeed. Like when you are on the on the bench and don't get to play, you don't even get a chance. And uh, I think now that he's gotten more comfortable and now he's gotten more in the rotation, he's he's able to show more of what he can do. And so. For me, all I can really give him is advice throughout the game, stuff I see, things that I can, I, I see that I can make the game easier for him. And because at the end of the day, I need him just as much as he needs me. And uh, I think just us continuing to communicate with each other is going to be important. And um, no, nah, he's a hell of a player. So I'm just glad that people are finally getting to see it. But it was, it was more about him just being able to be on the floor and uh, just getting the opportunity to play uh, is what, what was holding him back. Yeah, I think you and Hawks fans uh, around the country, around the world, are just excited to see what you guys can continue to build in Atlanta. So oh, yeah. that's great. Brother Ice, thanks so much. Uh, it's, all, it's always a pleasure, man, to get to record with you. Shout out to all the fans that have been that have been watching us. And thanks so much to our presenting sponsor, Sprite, for that crisp lemon lime taste. It's a clear favorite. Obviously. <laughs> there we go. Another episode from The Point by your favorite point. See y'all again soon. Peace. Peace.